Welcome to another edition of Band Director Bootcamp, the podcast with productivity and wellness tips for busy band directors. I'm your host, Leslie Moffat, and I'm really grateful to be sharing this platform with you. As busy band directors, we know you don't have lots of time to watch lengthy professional development webinars, so we share 20-minute tidbits with takeaways you can use to support you in this awesome profession in a healthy way. And today, straight from New Jersey, we are going to bring you Sarah Anelli. She teaches fourth through sixth instrumental music, so she's getting them started on those journeys that... that uh, become a lifeline for a lot of these kids. And um, she's going to share an angle we haven't had here and some thoughts that have not come up yet with some of our, with any of the podcasts. So um, I want to let Sarah introduce herself and then give you a little teaser. So, you know, what we're in for today, Sarah, thank you for being here. My pleasure. Thank you so much for including me on your podcast. Yeah. Let's, let's have a little bit of background from you. So um, I've been teaching instrumental music uh, that includes fourth grade recorders and fifth and sixth grade band and strings. I've been doing this for six years. But before that, I've actually had five years experience teaching K to six general and vocal music. So I did not start out as an instrumental music teacher. And here you are loving it, loving it. I can't imagine doing anything different. Okay, then. Give us a little sneak peek. What kind of a thing are you going to share with us? Why should people stay tuned? Well, I just graduated with my degree in social justice education. And so I really hope to bring to this platform really new and different ideas of how you can engage your students and think more critically about um, what is best for them and what best suits their needs, Um, especially because we see such a wide range of diverse students that making sure that we have a safe and open space for all of our students, it's so critical to continue to grow our music departments. Yes, yes, it is. So um, talk to us a little bit about what this looks like. What, What is, you know, we all pre-COVID, at least it was, you know, we, the typical band rehearsals and most of us, you know, standing on the podium and teaching our bands and um, you do something a little different now. And can you talk about some circumstances and what it led up to and what you now do that uh, you were telling me about this so fascinating? Yes. So actually, um, you know, I've been very, um, I've been listening a lot of people's, especially music teachers, their struggles during COVID and, and how it was nearly impossible to get an ensemble together virtually. And um, I listened to it and I heard it and I understood it. Um, and I know that toxic positivity doesn't help anybody. So it was hard for me to jump in and say, you know, well, that didn't exist because it didn't happen to me. It happened. I acknowledged it, but my circumstance was very different. Um, I taught and I still teach private lessons. um, And so I was really now able to treat my ensembles and my students as though they were my private student. And I had small lesson groups through Google Meet. And what I did was I told all of my students, mute yourself practice individually these are and I had the PDFs of the methods books I had them all on Google Classroom if students didn't have the physical copy so all of my students whether they had the methods book or looked it up or looked it up online they were all able to play something out of their methods book and they practiced individually and then I had a whole bunch of students that unmuted and played for me when they felt comfortable and confident and I was able to really guide my students and facilitate 
a lesson group with them. And what I was telling one student, you know, benefited somebody else. And what I told that student benefited somebody else. And so I realized like, wow, these virtual lessons are really helping because now I can really give all of my students the individual attention that they need. And then I thought, okay, so now we're getting all back together. There is a plethora of noise and sound, and I need to be able to teach all of these students how to put the thing together to make the proper sound. And so I used the space, and the students are practicing individually or practicing with a peer, and I'm able to be the facilitator and walk around the space and help the students with whatever they need. Sometimes I'll be up at the front, you know, showing them how to put the thing together, showing them how to put the read on the ligature. And then I have them practice individually. And that'll give me the time that I need to, to walk around, help students, you know, if they need it. Um, I encourage students to play together, practice together. Um, and so I've now been treating my space as an independent practice space. And I have seen tremendous growth from my students post-COVID than I saw uh, pre-COVID, which is not the norm, um, but it, it's it's a positive uh, for me. And so I hope that um, what, what I've been able to accomplish and overcome with my students, I hope that other band directors can take um, those ideas in their space. Now, does it feel really chaotic when they're all practicing different things and stuff? There, it's really not because the students are so in the zone and they're so focused on what they're doing. It's easy for them to kind of block out extra noise. It's easy to be honest. It's easy for me to block out extra noise when I know that I'm working with um, an individual student or um, a few students independently. Think about it as. Um, open sectional. So instead of having like sectional practice in a practice room, it's just open sectionals. Um, I do sometimes move the chairs and I'll say, okay, like you three, if they're working on the same piece, you know, form a little semicircle. So the students are, even though it sounds to, to an outsider, it could sound really chaotic. Um, it works for, for me and it works for my students. Um, I do the, actually the same thing in recorders. In my fourth grade recorder classes, the student, you know, I leave them to it. I'll say, okay, you have about five minutes, practice individually or practice with your table group. And it's just a plethora of recorder sounds, but they know what to work on. They know what to practice. And then towards the end, we play it together as a class. And oh my gosh, like the growth of the musicianship without me telling them what to do every step of the way, when they can hear what they need to work on, when they can hear their own practice, it, it excels their musicianship way beyond what, what I can even explain. Like you have to hear it to believe it. Yeah. That's the distinguished section of the rubrics for teaching is when the, the learning comes from the students and they're doing mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Right there. So, so wait, I'm sure there's a lot of folks out there picturing total cacophony, even though you assure us that that's not the case. Um, what has your personal, what's happened to your personal stress levels since you've implemented this now and back in Oh my gosh. So imagine, right, the director standing in front of the room and just being like, you're not bringing home your instrument to practice. You know, there, I, there hasn't been improvements since the last time we met. I mean, how many times have we said something like that when we're standing up in the podium, right? And that came from me too, I have to admit, you know, for many years, I'm saying like, we haven't improved. It should not take us an entire class period to work through four measures. 
But imagine now you have a 39 minute period for 20 minutes. You say, work on these four measures. Okay, if you feel comfortable with those four measures, look at the next two measures, look at the next four measures, see how far you can go. 20 minutes later, you stand up in the front of the podium and now you're like, okay, let's work on, let's play what you just worked on. It has, you'll see so much, I mean, I keep repeating myself, but not only will you see so much growth in your students, they will rise to that challenge. If you give them that challenge and say, spend you know, 15 minutes or so working on these four measures independently, see how far you get, give yourself like the last five, 10 minutes of the period, you will see how much your students really accomplished before you know it, the students are not playing half of the piece. Um, I'll give you a perfect example. My students struggled and really struggled. They were, they were sight reading through a piece and it really took like the entire period to get through these four measures. And I felt stressed out. I was like, oh my gosh, we're never going to get through this piece. Like they're not going to be ready for the concert. So I said, okay, you know what? You have seven minutes or so practice what we worked on. I'm telling you the last 10 minutes of class, they're done already with half halfway through the piece when they realize, oh, these 16 measures repeat themselves. Okay. All right. Well, when you say practice what you need to also, some kid might not need to drill those four measures you're doing, but if they had the time, they could go look at something else that's hard for them. So you're really piggybacking on the use of exactly, time. Exactly, exactly. And also that's where musical analysis comes into when the students realize, oh, wait, these measures repeat what we just did. Yes. Yes, they do. Yeah. Oh, and then you can kind of skip ahead, you know, to the, towards the end of the piece. Where have you seen this before? You know, because a lot of like, you know, beginning band pieces like 0.5, you know, you'll have like the A section then there's the B section and then it goes back to the A section. Around measure 32, it goes back to that A section. Everybody skip to measure 32. Where have you seen this before? Oh, back at measure five. So now we can play measures five through 16. They can play 32 to the end of the song. What's left to work on? Just the middle section? Okay, we're going to work on that next class. Three weeks, in three weeks, they can play the entire thing. And then from there, you're working on freezing, dynamics, just those building blocks because they already know the notes. They already know the rhythm because they learned it independently themselves or with a partner. That's great. That is really awesome. Welcome Band Director Bootcamp listeners. If you're feeling a bit burnt out and are ready for support and accountability partners in your wellness and productivity, we have an amazing opportunity for you. Join our 90-day virtual bootcamp, a community initiative designed for busy band directors like you who love their job but seek a more sustainable approach. We'll meet weekly, discuss your wellness goals, and develop strategies to help you achieve them. We'll tackle productivity hacks and fine-tune systems for the upcoming school year. With 35 years of experience, I've got some tricks and tips up my sleeve that I can't wait to share. So, as we move into a new season of our lives, if you want to feel empowered and supported by like-minded individuals, this is your chance. Reach out to me at banddirectorbootcamp.com or click on the link in our show notes to schedule a 15-minute call. Let's ensure this is the right fit for you, get you signed up, and embark on this wellness journey together. Because together, we rise. What mm -hmm. have you noticed about like this kind of thing has done, what has it done for the like the peer-to-peer -peer relationships or the culture of your classroom? When it's it has grown tremendously. I have such, when we think of like 
a band family. You know, we, we, there, there's that camaraderie that we know develops in the middle school and high school. I have that in my elementary programs. Mm. And when they leave my space, um, cause I only have them for two years. You know, I have them when they're in fifth and sixth grade in their ensembles. I see them of course for fourth grade recorders, but not all of the students, um, do join band or orchestra. So in my band and orchestra programs in fifth and sixth grade, they really are like small, intimate ensembles. And even in, in those two years, we really grow into a family. And every year I like cry like a baby when they go off to middle school. Um, and every year, you know, I, I, I see such growth and potential in all of my students, even though I only have them on stage with me for those two years, but when they go off to middle school and when they pick up their instrument in middle school and I can see even like their musicianship and how it's grown from there. It's, I can't, I can't describe the type of family and the type of relationship that's, that's developed um, on the stage at, at my schools. It's, it's just the, the band director at the middle school and the string director, they both have come up to me and said, our strongest students come from you. And I don't think I'm doing anything special. I don't think I'm doing anything different. I don't think I'm doing anything like big or bold. Um, I just, I know what my students are capable of. I feed off of that and it works. Awesome. Well, it sounds like it. And I can just hear the joy in your voice. And I imagine that the students, when they build different relationships, when they're working together peer to peer, instead of just hearing you give the information. So, so you're, yeah, you're facilitating a whole different kind of uh, relationships there. Well, before Mm -hmm. we go, I always like to close with one final question. Now you've been teaching 11 years. So I want you to take a moment. We're going to pass the baton and think about um, our brand new band directors, maybe pre-service ones. And is there a piece of advice you can leave them with so that they've got the stamina, the whatever they need to, to do this as long as they choose to? Be in touch with your mentors. Don't be afraid to ask for help if you need it. Um, Have people come into your space. I mean, as I said, like I've been teaching instrumental music for six years now. And um, more than once, I want to say like probably on three occasions, not so much now post-COVID, but pre-COVID, about three times I had my mentors come and do... um, master classes with my band and orchestra students because I'm constantly still learning from my mentors. I'm constantly um, building upon the relationships that I have with them. Um, it's, it's just so important to have to have um, mentors and colleagues and friends. Um, I'm still, I still consider my, I still am friends with my um, band director in college and so much of how I teach and what I say um, comes from her and seeing her at, at conferences. We were at uh, Midwest together, not purposely. Like I knew that she was going to Midwest, but we didn't plan on going together. But being with her at Midwest was like the best feeling in the world is to like be with someone who passed the baton to me. And I actually had a student teacher for the first time this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just an, an amazing bond that she and I had. Um, and, and so I really do think that, that 
being a part of, of that camaraderie and that relationship, that is the gift that keeps on giving. Um, so it's so, so, so important to, to build upon those relationships. As I said, like ask for help if you need it, or even if you don't feel like you need help, just have, you know, a second set of ears and eyes just come into your space and, um, just continue to have those relationships. I feel like you and I too, you know, we've been speaking for, for years now about, um, like-minded ideas that we have with, um, SEL and mindfulness and teacher burnout. And, um, and I feel like the relationship I even have with you is just, it's so important and it's such a big piece of, of my heart. Well, and I think all of us music teachers who can be thought of as mentors, which includes anybody that's been out there teaching that helps, we all want to help people. That's why we're in this profession. And we know someday, you know, I'm closer to the end of my career than the beginning. And I want to know that there are folks stepping in that, that can do this awesome and rewarding and very hard work. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's, it is an amazing thing. So thank you to Sarah and Ellie for joining us today's, on today's edition of Band Director Bootcamp. And thank you to all you out there who are making a difference in kids' lives through the magic of music education every single day. The work you do matters, and so do you. Join us next time on Band Director Bootcamp for another episode of productivity and wellness tips to make your life a little easier.